it's just like a moment in time. You yeah. know what I mean? Like this is where, this is where I was from this year to that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, felt proud enough to like record that somehow, you know, and also like the desire to like put something out into the world to, to you know, to like, I think the desire is to share that with people, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, but the, for, for no reason, there's no inexplicable, it's an inexplicable thing to just like put out work and yeah. put out art. It's like, why do we do that? You know, what is the You have reason? to do it though. You yeah. Have to do but there's it. no, yeah, there's no kind of what, why can't there's, yeah, exactly. Money. No. I, you know, oh okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less certain and more curious life. I'm Scott. And I'm Mace. Welcome to episode 121. Bam. Yes. Got it. Uh, We got a really great interview for you this week. Yes. Are we titling this episode Enzo? Ooh. I mean, maybe we will be curious. That's sort of obscure, but... I know. I mean, it'd be like Enzo with With Greg. Greg. Balalchi. Balalchi. Good job. Uh... Dang. I think that's what we should title Everybody, it. you're hearing it in real time, <laughs> what we want to title this episode. I think That's so. not like in any way a clickbait name for an episode, but no. maybe people will be. No, interested. but if you clicked on this and that's what we titled it and you're curious what mm. Enzo is. Let's get right into it. Enzo is the name of Greg's newest album that just released. And if you don't know who Greg is, we kind of mentioned this in our interview, but quickly, Greg has been with the pod from the beginning in terms yeah. of like a conversation partner. Yeah. With the podcast. And Greg is just kind of honestly no small thing energy. Big like no when small we thing hang energy. out, it's like the vibes are very like the the conversation feels open. We could talk about anything. And so Greg has kind of been one with the podcast and he reached Greg out. Greg is a four wing five. Yes. Yes. Um he reached out to me. I was like, thank you for emailing me. Um I'm the less logistical one of the two of us actually when it comes <laughs> to this podcast. I'm not sure about that. Um, so he reached out to me and was like, hey, I'm coming out with this new album. Can I come on the podcast and talk about it? And he was like, we can talk about whatever. And Side note, I, I would love for people to use No Small Thing like that. If you've got some project coming out, yeah. tell us and we want to talk to you about it. Because I think this was a similar with the B-Boys. Not only are we excited for the work that Greg has come out with, but it was so fun to talk with Greg about the process of creating this album as like a painter. I can understand some things that Greg's talking about, but I don't, I'm not a musician in any sense. I am just an appreciator of music, but it is so fun to talk with someone who's in the process of writing, creating, producing, releasing, performing music. Yeah. And for us, we, have created something for ourselves where we now have an excuse to have these conversations. Cause if Greg was coming out with an album, I'm sure I would love to talk to him on the phone and hear how it was, but it, well, maybe this is what we're learning. Maybe we should do this with each other, but I'd love to call him up and be like, can I, can I schedule a two hour conversation with you about your album? Honestly, <laughs> that's actually a really good point in thinking, cause I'm sitting here thinking like, how is this inviting people to be lesser and more curious? And I do think just even our own lives, like this idea of, actually sitting down and having that long form conversation with Mm -hmm. someone and 
being curious and open to the whole process. I mean, we talked about a lot of other things throughout this conversation. Which is why it was no small thing vibes. Like, yeah. We just did meander a lot. Like, yeah. We're talking with Greg. <laughs> and, and Greg had a limited amount of time. So we really had to quote unquote stay on track. And we, we got Greg to stick around a little longer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For a no small thing episode, I guess this one's going to be pretty short. I mean, did we say what an Enzo was? Okay. So Greg explains this in the episode, but I, an Enzo is, oh, Greg will explain it in a much better way. Yeah. My understanding or what I remember from it, and I got really inspired from it, is this idea of it's from a tradition. I don't know which, but Greg does name it. Um, <laughs> We're wetting your appetite. Listen to the episode. <laughs> you draw, it's the practice of drawing a circle and hand drawing it and trying to get a perfect circle. But this idea of like just constant, like doing it, the practice of it, and there, no circle is ever actually perfect, mm-hmm. but doing that. And so. I mean, it's like a very cool concept. Yeah, we're looking at one right now that you've been working on. I'm making a painting that is inspired by this. So, Greg, if you're listening, I'm making a painting. It's in the process because it requires drawing each layer. But it looks, lots of circles. Cool. I think so. Very zen. Very zen. But, but also, you know, not perfect. You know, I guess that's maybe the zen of it. No, and I mean, I'm very curious because honestly... I think I liked it better yesterday than today, but I think mm. I'll like it maybe more down the line. Okay. You need that. You need that. Do you need to sleep on it? You need that. Nice well, I, I added two layers today and I'm not sure about my choices. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess one of the things I would say is this starts with our first, our second episode, our first one, I could say quote unquote real episode yes. called, called the art of playlist making. And even as we're talking right now, I feel like we're due for the art of playlist making three. I a hundred percent. That would be yeah. really fun. Cause we've been doing <laughs> COVID playlists mm-hmm. or a different kind of thing. Because listen to this. It's like art of playlist making too. Everybody, if you want to go back, if you're, if you're digging what Greg is putting down on this episode, mm-hmm. go back and listen to episode 43. It was Ooh, a good memory. Full, well, I was, I was looking it up. While we were <laughs> <laughs> I should take credit for it. I do have a good memory, which everybody <laughs> knows me. I don't have a good memory, but episode 43, the art of playlist making two with yeah. Greg. Yeah. And we went just all in on some discussions and mild argument vibes on that episode. And so uh, what I would say is I think the spirit of you, me and Greg and whatever our energy and personality is, is that we like music to stretch us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so I think Greg's music in particular, if you guys check out his music this week and it's called Enzo, it's on Bandcamp. Yeah, get it on Bandcamp. It came out this last Friday, but Greg is specifically using just Bandcamp because it's a lot better platform for artists. So less certain, more curious life. If you're the type of person that doesn't, I don't, I don't know exactly what, what type of label Greg would use for his music. If he would even like a label, True. but this is jazz instrumental guitar driven. I mean, it's so good. Greg is a guitarist. So if you're not that type of person that generally listens to instrumental jazz, maybe this week through no small thing through this interview and getting Greg's album on Bandcamp, you'll have a chance to stretch your imagination and have a different experience. Yes. We both listened to it and loved it. Yeah. It really takes you on a journey. It fully does. And I yeah, I think as you're saying it, it's not the kind of music I typically gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. And yet I found myself really moved by it. And in this episode, you will get to hear the music. Yeah. So oh, we'll right. put that in there. Oh. Scott, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Our editor. Um, I forgot about that. Okay. Thought, yeah, that's good. I should thought I was just going to put the interview into the garage. <laughs> no, we, got, I mean, we should, I think, insert yeah. a few things. No, no, no. We have to. Absolutely. Um, okay, everybody. I think that's our setup for this episode and this interview. 
Check out Greg's music. Uh, listen camp, to Enzo. music that challenges your ears, everybody. I'm not saying that finger wagging. I'm saying that with an invitation. I'm opening a door <laughs> and gesturing into a room of different music. Yeah, yeah. Um, anything else? Um, we hope you like this I don't episode. think so. Um, if you're curious to find out more of what this podcast is up to, follow us on Instagram. That's where we oh. share most things. And um, we often engage with people, so... Hit us up. Everybody. A small thing. Also, might as well, if you haven't done it yet, quick pitch. What? Could you please write us a rating and oh, review please. on iTunes? Yes. Might as well. If you haven't done it yet, every review counts. Every review matters. We appreciate it. We like to read them. They're encouraging, but they also boost us up yep. in the ratings or the algorithm. All It's all good. All good vibes, <laughs> karma, and joy, and peace, and love through ratings and reviews on iTunes, please. <laughs> Okay. okay, thank we you. We hope you enjoy this interview. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>
like it's given me a language in which to engage critically like a, a work like a cd or yeah. an album but uh no i definitely think and, and then yeah the, it's low risk these people are just out here critiquing things and that's their livelihood which is strange <laughs> right it's very strange yeah. yeah i just i i think um we also i've you know live in a society where people don't really allow themselves to engage with things that they might or might not feel comfortable with yeah and um i think that's the role of an artist is to like kind of shine a light on what human nature is. And sometimes that's really uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Mm. And, um, if you have someone saying like, no, 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 like you don't have to check this out. We're not, they're not really getting to the, the source of things here. Right. Mm. But maybe it would to that person. You know what I mean? I just think it's, I don't know. The, you know, it's the game that we're playing. I guess it just depends on the person who's reading the review. Cause I'm like, I, started off like baby steps i read entertainment weekly you know and that was like reviews and i was like okay little reviews the reviews were probably two or three paragraphs a b c you know then i went to a pitchfork i mean but actually it was paste magazine and then pitchfork but like i realized i was wanting i was wanting somebody to say this is a rich dense complicated challenging album if i started seeing those words I started gravitating towards that. But like, so example, uh, somebody that I like because of reviews uh, is uh, Kamazi Washington. Have you heard of him? Very much so. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what your opinion of him is, but I I don't know where exactly to get like uh, uh, jazz recommendations these days. So some reviewer somewhere told me about Kamazi Washington and now I'm a fan. But That's is, great. Do you like do you like Kamazi <laughs> <Yeah>. Washington? <laughs> no. <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's. I mean, I'm trying to you know, I I'm trying to care less and less what people think. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there I, I have certain moral obligations to. Uh, uh, I don't know. That's a pretty harmless thing to you know engage with. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but there but, is this piece of like a critique. It's like. It's an art form, so it has something to offer you no matter what. You're, like the the person who created it is communicating something, the act of them creating it, your experiencing of it. It's like there's there's something to be said there hmm. with or without that review. Like hmm. the way you come to that piece and what they maybe wanted for you, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And I think what my friend was saying last night was that a a critic will have more of a historical knowledge of the art or should have more of a historical knowledge of the art form and will be able to see some kind of lineage from, you know, specifically talking about jazz, like where it came from the early 1900s and where it is now and kind of the thread from A to B, you know, or A to Z, wherever you want to measure it. But um, whereas someone who is just coming to Kamazi Washington, you know, or whoever and doesn't really have a acknowledgement you know maybe isn't engaged with like jazz from the 60s or the 70s and doesn't you know yeah i think that is where like a critic could be helpful you know putting things into a historical context so, so. This, this is like a new the, the title of this episode now is now music reviews and critics that's what this episode's about <laughs> i know i know we, we have craig on essentially to talk about your new album but did we want to still say if you had any new playlist hot takes before we get to well, the album my it was my niece texted me the other day and she's 
never like asked me for music recommendations before and then out of the blue she was like will you make me a spotify playlist oh yeah oh wow and i was Hot like dog. i hell yeah I <laughs> and so chelsea and i just like stayed up real late and it turned out being all female artists mm. cool which was like a which and um i thought that was like a really awesome theme and you know she's turning 15 or 16 something like that. And I, I thought that now was a time to start, you know, well, I mean, oh, it's always a good time, but I really wanted to demonstrate like, you know, strong, independent, powerful women, you know, yeah. and just like that, let that be a model for her. That's know? so cool, man. That's probably so fun for you and so fun for her to have. It was really, it was really fun to, it was like the closest, like to parenting that I'd ever you know, <laughs> gotten to. <laughs> playlist. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Is there yeah. a is there an artist you put on there that we might have that we might know about? Oh yeah, um, like Aretha Franklin was on oh, there. Yeah. Nina Simone was yeah, on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the the girl from Alabama Shakes. Yes. Um, um, yeah, there was a Dusty Springfield. There was a mm. lot of like just classic voices from the fifties on. So I forget her name, but she's really underrated. That girl. Uh, from Alabama Shakes. What is her name? It's going to bother me. <laughs> oh, boy. Brittany was, Howard. Ah, I think, yep, that's true. The real question that's right. <laughs> was Bjork on this playlist? <laughs> well, you know, we sat with it for a while. We were like, really? do we put Bjork on here? Because I'm, I'm a big Bjork fan, but um, I didn't think it was time. It wasn't, it wasn't time. time. The time has not it's come. Not, that you makes know. sense. Man, yeah. Nina Simone one of the strongest I just I just think of strength when I hear and yeah. think of Nina Simone yeah I mean power yeah unbelievable like resilience and um yeah there's a lot there's a lot to Nina Simone mm-hmm. one one person that I found out um Dusty Springfield who has a you know that song son of a preacher man mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know that's the one man. I'll sing it for you that's guys. the one yeah <laughs> Um, I didn't know this, but yeah, everybody assumed she died really young hmm. and like from and was involved in drugs and like none of that turned out to be true. She actually died um, quite late in life, and hmm. she she lived um, she was in a domestic relationship with women for most of her life, hmm. and oh. it was kept secret for a long, long time. You know, a son of a preacher, a daughter of a preacher man. The this, this song needs to be changed to. <laughs> I think it's Preacher Person. Now. Preacher Person. That's good. <laughs> but you, you would know better than I would. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. The child of a Preacher Person. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I, I'll, uh, I think uh, some fresh thoughts for me on playlists. <laughs> um, it, it's Hit a me. lot of work. It's a lot of I'm work. I'm sure you experienced that the other night. I think when we made our our playlists in those early days and then did our episode i was i was assuming we were going to be heading in a trajectory of like a lifestyle of consistent playlist making but i noticed that it takes a lot of emotional effort (laughs) you can't be always making a playlist because there's a certain kind of listening that comes the days you're making the playlist of like mm-hmm. thinking through your songs, having to re-listen to songs, figure things out. It doesn't allow you to like really listen to that much on your own because you're like listening for this playlist, I feel like. Yeah. I, for me, when I was making mixtapes, it was I, I was always listening to like the beginnings of tracks and the endings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then just seeing, and then also like timing it perfectly to like 
start the next one, which you can't do on no. Spotify. Oh, or no, right. like it just streamings. is what it is. You can't make it flow perfectly. Right. Yeah. No, we're. I'm. I am missing that. Here's another thought on playlists. Is like. I am a little uninspired and unmotivated these days because even when we were initially making those playlists, Macy had a car and could put yeah. the CD in the car. And and Marissa even has transitioned to a different car that doesn't have a CD player. So you have to go really out of your way to sit with that playlist. Yeah. Instead yeah. of just having that CD. In the CD going over. It's true. Dang. We got to go. We got to go analog, you know. I know. We should. Cassette tape. Yes. Yeah, we started yeah. this habit during COVID that's actually been super sweet that I, I bet you would enjoy too of like, we have my house of so me and my housemates and Scott, the four of us each pick five songs and we go on a drive together and it's like becomes this greater playlist of like picking the songs. And I like when we do it where you all do the songs in order. So you're essentially making like a mini playlist to like that's give wow. to the group. It's so fun. And it's like a... It's a different kind of playlist experience because it's like it's for this drive. Mm -hmm. Also in the midst of COVID when it's like we can't go anywhere else besides this, you know? Yeah, the first time we did it, we were like, wow, we're driving. (laughs) We're driving. (laughs) I like cried essentially like leaving the city. I'm like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. On Chelsea and I's anniversary, which we just had um, on the fifth, oh shit. (laughs) <laughs> that part out. <laughs> the, the, you just had the anniversary. You just we, had the, the anniversary. You just had. Um, <laughs> we uh, we uh, we ended up listening to every Beatles record. Wow. Wow. And then and then uh, had a few bottles of wine, and then yeah. we would like go back and forth, like queuing up a song. You know, mm, mm. that's. Funny. And I kind of wish I kind of wish we had like turned that into a playlist because it was just like we were. Every time, like trying to one up the other person and like shock the other person yeah. with what we were putting on. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, it was free association yeah. with songs almost. <laughs> totally, and sometimes they really hit, and sometimes they don't. You know, what but. what what was a a standout moment on that evening with Chelsea? Like, uh, man, uh, she put on Duran Duran. Oh wow, which blew my mind. <laughs> I listened to Duran, and I haven't listened to Duran Duran in ten years. Fresh ears. Um, Plus some wine. I mean, yeah. I mean, I still didn't like it, but I mean, ah. I, I had that experience, so that was fine. <laughs> yeah. you know? well, was there a Beatles um, moment that was big, too? Like, who who won with the Beatles? <laughs> well, we just, we listened to the whole record through, so yeah. Yeah. it was more, but I mean, with those records, I'm not really surprised by anything anymore, except we did, they did re-release Let It Be, like, not too long ago. And they um, they kind of like re they edited the whole thing. Hmm. Hmm. Phil Spector was the producer on it and wow. just kind of turned it into this whole thing. And they 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 went back and like took out all of his work. Oh, so it was kind of just Paul McCartney's. Oh. Like, this is what Let It Be should have sounded like. Wow. And that was the first time that I listened to that, so that was kind of revelatory, I guess. We get we get that wave of sound out of here. We don't want that. Just get strip it down to bare bones. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Do you have a favorite Beatles but, album before we start talking about uh, your album? Uh, do you? I, I. It's funny because I feel like you think my, my – I don't think you think this, but I get nervous to share my opinion around you because you're going to be like, that's a trash opinion. But my <laughs> my personal favorite is the White Album, but I like Mine all too. Okay, yes, Greg. White Woo. Album is bad. <laughs> yeah. It always has been. Yeah. So it's good. Got, it's 
but I think that was like I did some research on that record and they were like recording songs in different studios at the same time it was like mm. the least collaborative record that they had made mm. and also like John and Paul at that point were just like hating each other's guts oh gosh geez. these guys I know um, well, that that's sense. nice. That's a nice thing to recover from my Kamazi Washington opinion. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. I hope Kamazi Washington leads you to John Coltrane or okay, there you, you know, go. Sonny Rollins or somebody else. I think that's all yeah, I can yeah. ask. That's all good. Um, okay, so should we talk about what we're here to talk about? Yes. Yes. Greg is releasing an album. Yes. When and what does is the it name? Come out? When does it come out? What's the name? It comes out on Friday, October 2nd, mm. and it's called Enzo. Enzo. And uh, Enzo is the is a is a practice in Japanese um, in Zen philosophy, mm. whatever is Japanese Zen, of painting a a, a circle with one brushstroke. And um, it, it's you know the the I think my interpretation of it was trying to paint a perfect circle mm-hmm. in one stroke, um, which is, um, practic- it's impossible. You know, there's no such thing as a perfect circle, yeah. but the, um, but the practice of practicing it, you know, as kind of a daily, uh, devotion, mm. um, as sort of like a metaphor for self-betterment and always trying to improve upon, mm. um, I feel like the, the 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 artwork that you that accompanied our playlist when you made it for us was a circle like that. It, it was. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That was that was an Enzo circle. That's cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that I've been sitting with for a long time, and um, it seems like a. It, it also, not only like in my personal life, which I you know. Some days, but more than others, try to better myself in certain mm. ways. But also, just like in music practice, too, is each day trying to improve upon and mm-hmm. trying to like, you know, hone the knife a little bit sharper. Yeah, um, it seems like you know perfect parallel with that kind of thought. So, I really like that. Like, I'm having a strong reaction to that because I like, I've, I I kind of discover myself as an artist using mandalas. As like oh, wow. the as the the piece that kind of brought me into that, and it kind of brought me into a certain space, probably spiritually and artistically. And so I'm like, dang, I want to do, I want to practice this, mm. like the yeah. idea of making these circles. Like I can picture it. This that's really cool. You already kind of have a thing with circles. No, yeah, no, I for sure I have a very big thing with circles. I mean, yeah. I think circles really are like, I mean, they're a holy symbol of sorts. You mm. know, they represent a lot. They like evoke a lot in us. Dang, it's, it's yeah. I don't know much about symbology. But is what is what do circles represent? And I feel like in a lot of ways they represent like this idea of like wholeness or unity or like mm-hmm. all like this all encompassing space. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also, it'd be like time turning in on uh, itself or something like that too. Well, yeah, know? and like the circle, like being like it's it's almost like a never ending s- symbol. Almost, I mean, when you think about also this idea of like you keep doing the practice and you like every day are improving. Like there's the cyclical piece to the circles themselves. Right. Dang. Yeah. That's super cool. <laughs> I do like that as an art piece though. Just like 10 side by side frames of, of different one, one, one try with a paintbrush yeah. circle yeah. circle. That's cool. Enzo. I, 
my idea for the album cover, which I don't think I sent you, but um, well, it didn't actually end up happening. But I was going to commission an artist to do an Enzo Circle every day for a month. Ah, and yeah. Then just see, like, and then like pick my favorite. Yes, but um, you know, COVID happened, and everything had to be a little more, you know, digital. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you you yeah. talked about sharpening the knife, but I have a more serious question. Do you ever call your guitar your axe? <laughs> Ironically, I do, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. great. What is that from? I don't know. I think guitarists refer to their guitar as their axe sometimes. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, I mean, yeah. I did I did name them. One of them, one of them is called um, Dolly. Nice. After Dolly Parton. Yes. That's good. It's got gold sparkles. And then the other one's called Dot. Cause, oh, and no, uh, Dot, Dolly, and uh, I can't remember. It's the like other you, you're forgetting your own children's name. <laughs> and, you know, I've just got, I've just got COVID brain right now. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> can't think straight about anything. True. Eight month COVID brain. So is this a, is this a Greg album or is it like your band? Yeah, I wrote all the music. Okay. Okay, um, cool. All the, it was all written in New York or in New Jersey or commuting between those two cities. Um, I wrote a piece on an airplane. Hmm. Um, and I guess, I guess where it was composed doesn't really, isn't really significant, but a lot of it, a lot of it is about nostalgia. Hmm. Um, there's a couple of tracks that refer back to like one track is called circa 1999, hmm. which was about the time that I was starting to like get excited about guitar, guitar, and um, like I was listening to a lot of like Eddie Van Halen and really fun music like that, you know. Yeah. And um, the way that I play that song is kind of like an homage to him in a certain mm. way. Mm. Um, or another track that the second track, the really long one, um, is about a band that I used to go see at this Chinese restaurant in Tri Cities, Washington, when I was like a teenager. Mm. That's cool. So it's all it's all about kind of these experiences that I've had and memory and stuff like that. It's really weird because like when you're growing up, like somebody like me, uh, I, I guess the vibe of like Van Halen, uh, well, am I getting this mixed up? Uh, who's the, who, what, what band was Agnes Young, the guitarist for? ACDC. AC I'm thinking about like ACDC and it was like almost like pro wrestling vibes in their concert, you know? And you forget oh, yeah. like these are really amazing technical guitarists. <laughs> or, or you don't even appreciate it because of the spectacle. But when you look at them play, it's like, what the heck? Like, so yeah. they're virtuosos. I mean, one of the biggest lessons that I learned from my friend Wayne was uh, he hated watching boring bands. Mm -hmm. Even if the music was incredible, he was like, you know, this is still show business. Yeah. I'm like, that's all that. That's what this is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. This is show business. Mm -hmm. Dang. And somebody else said, like, people don't want to listen. People don't want to watch you play guitar. People want to see you explode, hmm. you know. And sometimes an explosion is very, like, big and bombastic. And other times it's there's the internal explosion that's almost yeah. as frightening. Yeah. You know? No, for real. I feel like that's, yeah. that's true. And I think of the artists that I love. I do look to them and see what their live performances are. And you can tell when they're, yeah. like, giving themselves to yeah. the performance. Mm -hmm. Even if it is maybe stripped down there is still that right. piece of like, oh no, but they're, they're going through it. They're giving us something here. Yeah, can, it's hard to, del it. 
deliver night after yeah. night. I mean, I can't imagine. You know. I feel like there's yeah. so much. Yeah, we like, just talked about how draining it is in. to make a playlist. Yeah, let alone exactly. like, <laughs> share your music. Exactly. <laughs> okay, wait. Was all of the music for this album written? Like, I'm curious in the COVID timeline where th- and when this music was written. This music was written like 2016 okay. to 2018. Okay. Something like that. And everything was recorded last year, in 20, April 2019. It's hard to think that it's been over a year okay. since this record was made, but it's just now coming out. So. Whoa. Um, Does that make it feel distant? Yeah. And that's usually been the timeline for any record that I've done. Like mm-hmm. it generally comes out like a year or more after it's... Um, after I, you know, went into the studio and did it. Jeez. And, um, and in some ways I feel so, I feel disconnected from it, you know, cause I've moved on to other things. Right. Yeah. No, I would feel like it would probably feel so like old by now. It feels, yeah. Like, you know, I'm a completely different person. I'm not a completely different person, but I'm a different person from when I was doing it back then, you know? Yeah. That's really interesting. I didn't realize that. Is that, I, I don't understand music industry very well. Is that typical? It's pretty typical. Okay. I think very few musicians are putting things out just like on the reg, you know? Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, like visual artists, I know like they, they do like a series or a set of things and it's kind of similar. They have a series of things and then they have a showing and then those paintings just sit in the gallery for a year until they yeah. come up with something else. Yeah. You know? So in some ways, like the showing of the first one you know, then you have this whole artist's transition into something else. Yeah. You know, it's really, I think art history is really pretty amazing to check out and see how, like, do you guys know the um, Mark Rothko, like, square paintings? No. No. One of the last phases of his life was painting these giant, these huge canvases of just squares Hmm. um, with a lot of layers of paint. And um, they're they're always supposed to be... um, kind of low light rooms that you view them in Hmm. and they're just incredibly people call it very spiritual they're really really moving but some of the first ones are very bright and pastel like a lot of blue a lot of yellow and then he moves on to like red and orange and then green and blue and then the last ones he was doing were black and gray Hmm. and then he killed Hmm. and then he killed himself Uh wow I, I feel like you're going to have a big experience with those squares. I know. I definitely need to look them up. I mean, I mean, it brings up a lot, like, thinking of my own artwork because it's true. Like, I'm painted a ton of pieces at the very beginning of COVID. And I look back at those pieces and they feel really old. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, man, like, that like that was so young when I was <laughs> the paint Six there. months ago. And it's just six months ago, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But now th- you have to go on the road and do podcasts about those paintings. And you're like, oh, but I've got new ones. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's interesting. But there's probably but something you, fun of breathing, breathing life back into them. Do you see, have you been able to kind of see like a commonality or a theme between all of them? Yeah, I think my artwork does have, it has like a very clear through line. Like it's very obviously mine. And yet I also, part of my process is experimenting. But I tend mm-hmm. to really like, I think my work has taken on more of a dimensional piece in the past six months that it didn't have before. Um, my work is very like spectrumy, I would say, but it's it's grown in texture and like probably like movement, mm. um, which I, yeah, I think makes totally sense important. for where I'm at. Like 
my I feel like my artwork often reflects like it's very reflective of where I'm at as a person. (laughs) (laughs) I think as it should be, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great to allow yourself to experiment. And I don't think a lot of artists let themselves do that. They try to nail it the first time. Yeah, I really try and just be like, I'm playing. Like, I have this material. I get to play with Mm -hmm. it. And that's the mindset I try and maintain. Okay, I have... Okay, okay. Uh, Greg had a response to that. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I don't like my tone to that. (laughs) It's funny funny when you're doing a podcast, because on the one hand, I want to meander, and then I'm always, like, at the same time, especially in these moments, like, cognizant of time. I know. But I didn't like the way I responded to that. I take it back. You know, Shame on you. <laughs> no judgment here, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like moving things along energy. You know, I think that's the opposite of what no yeah, small thing is. It's true. So what are you gonna say? Something though to move something along? No, I just had a question yeah, for well, Greg, but I feel like he had a response to what you were saying. <laughs> well, I was actually gonna ask if you, Scott, if you felt like you had an opportunity to play in whatever work that you do. Oh gosh. That's a great I question, don't know. Greg. I mean yes. you two both are inspiring to me. I think even even in this conversation, it comes up where um, I, it's, I think through the lens of the Enneagram of like fives never feel like they're prepared. Oh, well. And so there's this uh, this irrational um, fantasy that uh, someday I'm going to do some artwork, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. and it's I don't know when it's a completely irrational. I haven't thought it through. If you know, if I if I wrote my thinking down on paper, it'd sound like irrational. Um, but I think hanging out with Macy helps like Macy very much just lets themselves explore and not worry about perfection and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, no, but I haven't like created something. Yeah, no, I think it's interesting lately. This is just funny because it just happened. But this weekend I like went and got this piece of glass that. Someone was giving me a mirror. It's like in the last twenty four hours. And I was like, I was like, so, <laughs> I was like, I was like, so inspired. I was angry almost. I was like, I, I'm really mad at how quickly you turned this into something cool. I like was meant to get this mirror, and we went to pick it up, and I'm like, Scott, please help me do this. And so we get there, and this glass is shattered, and he's like, Oh, this is bad. Let's just leave it. And I was like, No, like there's so much here. So I'm like, We take it all. I'm like making Scott take this, and then I made these really cool pieces out of the shattered glass but you even texted me you said it would take me a whole year to just think through the concept yeah but i think it's just because you're often like stopping yourself as totally like the ideas are coming it's like oh i need a plan you're not prepared i'll say this we we have been doing some a lot of conversation we did a whole episode on dreams and so Is far it? i have found that that has been a potential inroad to creativity in the sense that like I've been recording all my dreams. And so as I write down the dream, I feel so free to talk in this language of dream. Like I'm not overthinking it or seeing if it makes sense. It's just like, this is just what, this is just what happened in the dream. So yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So this, this, but look, I want to show Greg, can you see, can you see this? I can kind of, not really. No, you, shoot, that's you, trash. That's I'll send it to you. <laughs> this mirror stuff, it's nuts. Um, okay, okay. I think that we should be cognizant of Greg's time and also this album oh, is so I, good that we want to make sure we Okay, I did have my question. It. Great. Okay. Uh, my question was, what is it like as you approach the recordings for an album like this? So you've written the song because this is where like I have a very 
I I played jazz piano all through high school. So I have a. How have I never known this? Isn't that interesting? <laughs> so I have what? like I have like a baseline appreciation for jazz that I sort of abandoned, but jazz uh-huh. always feels very nostalgic for me. And there are certain times where I can get in the headspace of like wanting to listen to jazz. Like the my jazz piano teacher had me uh, learn all my like theory, not even theory, but like. Um, jazz licks i guess you could say through playing charlie parker's uh, like book uh um, wow. so i learned the like the piano version of all of his little licks wow. um well, the first one i think i learned was scrapple from the apple amazing <laughs> anyways um i i've never like i think this the world of jazz and the world of an album like this is still very mysterious to me in the sense of like it's not it's not chorus bridge chorus you know that t- sort of like uh, right. typical format of a song. So like, do you have the rough sketch of the song and then, and then you like jam with a band or how does it work for you? For me, it was, um, well, I mean, th- this was like the first time that I've done a record where I to- totally changed like my process for writing things. Mm-hmm. Um, which was really uncomfortable for me, but it, I was just as an exercise, just tried to, do it in a more methodical and kind of uh, academic way, which, you know, sometimes felt like a square peg in a round hole, but, um, you know, sometimes you just have to do it. Um, So for a lot of these pieces, like I would write out a very small musical idea on like a corner of a piece of of paper. And then below that, I would try to do like a bunch of variations on one of those ideas. And then over here, I try to make a bigger a bigger idea and then over here i would kind of like write out kind of an arbitrary form you know um just just to give myself like a a visual of like how i wanted this song to go if that makes any sense to the listener but it was very much um uh working like very small to very big Hmm. and then moving in moving out and all that kind of stuff Hmm. Um, so when i brought it to the band everything was pretty much written out and that's then, cool yeah so I it mean, wasn't like we're just gonna yeah so i'm hearing it wasn't that like you just had some chords and a few solos in mind you had and then and then you just sort of you weren't like let's just see what happens it really was like i want i want this sound and here's how i see this piece happening yeah play it this way <laughs> right yeah. that was basically it yeah yeah i mean people don't have i mean part of like part of the business is that everybody's busy and everybody's trying to make stuff you know, everybody's trying to work, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, the reality is a lot of people don't have time to just experiment, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which is unfortunate. Um, so I was trying to have as much, I, I basically had 90% of everything written before I brought it to the band. Um, and then the extra 10% was just kind of like moving things around a little bit or changing mm-hmm. dynamics or we're going to play this part loud or soft or something like that. But all the written material was, done before any of that and then it was basically just a year and a half of playing it live as much as we could Hmm. just to have some kind of familiarity um and i think i did everything i think i played that record memorized but i I don't know i can't remember if i did or not dang that's that's wild that's super cool it's a really cool record i i'm listened to it twice now and i already know i already know i'm like gonna listen to it many more times 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's so <laughs> nice to hear. It does take you on an emotional journey. I felt like there were some big cathartic moments. I mean, you were, yeah. I don't know if you used the word explosion earlier. We used a big, a big word, uh, like craft explosive. I think we said explosive. Yeah. yeah. Like there are some moments cause I was, I, I was listening today and I was just like, okay, this, you're sort of getting in a trance mm-hmm. and then it's building and all of a sudden there was like a big moment and I'm like, whoa, this is, I mean, each song was utterly unique. I I particularly like songs that are longer, and I particularly like it when artists don't feel like they're rushing a song, which none of these songs felt. So I I really like that it was like, no, this song deserves nine minutes. Like this, what's being like felt here, it feels right to have the ebbs and flows also. Like I felt like there's lots of ebbs and flows with songs. Um, Both Scott and I, we talked about this before we hit record, but our favorite song was the same favorite song. Um, what was it called? Was it, called? it was called Tragedy. Tragedy. Which I would be curious the story behind it because I feel like that was like it's such an A, like of course a provocative or evocative title. Um, Man, Scott, you're going to love. Well, I think you'll both love the origin story of <laughs> yes, this. Yes. <laughs> yes, give it to us. We want this juice. <laughs> so that one is, uh, that's actually a rearrangement of a song from my first record, which was, it's a, it was originally a solo guitar piece. Hmm. And the original name was the Tragedian, oh. which is a which is a character from uh, the Great Divorce mm. by C.S. Lewis. Yeah, yeah. Um, who at the I I've kind of since you know removed C.S. Lewis from my life, but um, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> remove him from your life. I love that. I like I, to. I, uh, I just had this little image of you picking up a little small C.S. Lewis and being like, "Well, so <laughs> dropping him over yeah. there." <laughs> yeah, but I remember I I really liked his like, you know, that illustration of his imagine imagining what hell would be like, mm-hmm. you know, and the yeah. characters mm-hmm. in it. I was like, that's pretty cool. Like, yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, and this person who um, was always kind of like the victim, you mm-hmm. know nothing took responsibility for nothing and was um i i uh i see that a lot i actually i know that person you know what mm-hmm. i mean or i know those people mm-hmm. so i kind of I, ju- I thought it was a fitting title yeah um, dang now i'm gonna listen to that song and picture some of those great divorce scenes yeah, yeah. <laughs> um I can't believe you guys listened to the whole thing that's amazing oh my gosh of course it's a long it's a long record it's I think that's something. Oh, well, that, I mean, okay. I mean, we just, yeah, we just did an old episode on Bjork and we were listening f- for like a month to Bjork's albums in, in, in their entirety. Yeah. So. No, wow. we're fully committed. I mean, my favorite artist is Bjork and Joanna Newsom, who has an album that's two hours long and I listen to it <laughs> often. <laughs> well, what you were saying earlier about how you like musicians or music, like, you know, not caring how long a song is. Yeah. yeah. Um, someone, there was a composer that I, I really admire who kind of as a commentary on people's attention spans getting shorter and shorter, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. made a, made a, made a record and it's, uh, 45 minutes continuously. Wow. Like well, one song for one 45 song minutes. For 45 minutes. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Got my dog here. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, oh, I Dodger. Would, Dodger. Who is, who is this uh, composer? I'm going to write it Pat down. Matheny. Can you spell it? Uh, Pete, Pat, and then Matheny is M-E-T-H-E-N-Y. I don't remember the piece, though. Okay, that's fine. No, um, I'll just look him up. 
I put a little heart yeah. to their name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that tra- tragedy song, uh, as I was listening to me, it had the most um, ear. I, I think the phrase is earworm. <laughs> Like it had the, it had it had a melody or a theme that stood out to me the most. I was like getting I was feeling some nostalgia around that sound, the melody almost. I don't know if you call it a that's, melody. Maybe that was C.S. Lewis reaching you. Maybe it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that little C.S. Lewis is coming in. <laughs> so what? So what? What's going to happen now? Like you're not going to be performing this live, I don't think, right? I don't think so, man. I don't really know. Nobody knows what's going to happen. You know, everybody's like turned to live streaming and I have done none of that. You know, I've been watching uh, Dave Bazan's live streaming. He's got a live stream. Yeah. That's great. I hope he's doing well. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I I, I probably ask his management maybe once a month for the last two years, if we can interview him and they're so nice. They're always like, thanks for reaching out. Someday for sure he's super busy right now, but but definitely keep asking. I'm like, nice, thank you. I will keep asking. <laughs> yeah, I hope you get him on the show. I know, it'd be so that'd could, be so cool. That would be a lot, man. I would. Wow. I know. I, I know. can imagine you a bunch of fours and fives just yeah, going yeah. at oh, it. Oh, totally. totally. <laughs> <laughs> real though. Uh, I know. There's just so much I'd want to talk to him about, and. Uh, yeah, I feel like in the early days he was sort of a guide for me, and now it's like I feel like I'm probably in this exact same headspace as him, and uh, would just love to just, just shoot the, the shit shoot the with Davis on. on. <laughs> Be like, dude, this song. I cry every time I listen to this song in the car. I know. Yeah, well, yeah, that's inevitable. <laughs> which one? Which one? Oh well, no, I mean, oh oh, quietest friend. Quietest it's it's from his newest Scott. Pedro the Lion. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, I know it's a song that just really caught me off guard because I my interpretation is that he's singing it to his like 10 year old self. And so he's saying, I've neglected you for 30 years. And now I'm oh, wow. like, it's a song that's almost like an apology to that inner self that he left behind oh. un- unwittingly at like 10. And now he's like. He, the 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 bridge builds up to this moment and he's he's singing to himself which is a crazy thing but it's like i think it feels tender and emotional because he's making a pact with this younger version of himself and he says we could write me some reminders and i'd memorize them it's like he's pleading with the younger self like i'll write some reminders down yeah. and he goes um i could write me some reminders i'd memorize them I would sing them to myself and whoever's listening. <laughs> and then he says, uh, I would put them on a record about my hometown sitting here with pen and paper. I'm finally listening now. Dang. Wow. It's like, yeah. a, Dang. that's very meta. Yeah, totally. Well, maybe um, we should all start doing that. Uh, yeah. It really gets me. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, t- I said, I, th- I had a moment where I was driving to some sort of event, like a retreat with some friends uh, about two years ago and I listened to it like 10 times in a row and cried more and more on each listen. And I was just like, I guess I'll keep listening until all the crying is out. And it never really ended. <laughs> <laughs> and I just listened to it like uh, a few weeks ago. I was saying that to Maze. I was like, the I was going to turn this again. on and I kind of was approaching it very cynically. Like, Oh, I bet it can't get me now. Like I, too much time has passed. There's too much distance with this song. And I turned on, I instantly started crying again. <laughs> it's a, it's a heavy song. 
It'll let it happen, man. It's yeah. good to allow yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's good for you. I'm like, you should have a weekly high yeah. drive with tapes on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, I would just have to watch that Mr. Rogers movie. Like, once oh, a gosh. Week. Oh, geez. Seriously. Messed me up, man. Yeah, I said, we went, we went and saw that with our kids, and I said, can you imagine what it would be like if you left church feeling this way every week? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I just f- felt... So inspired and wrecked and raw all at once, you know. All the it's things. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, so so, do you have a favorite song on the album, Greg? Um, <laughs> Creator of the album, Enzo. I don't. No, I don't think so. Hmm. Uh, yeah, there. I guess there are some that I like more than others. I mean. Sometimes you kind of just cram things on there just because you need like an extra, extra song. Or yeah. So. yeah. So some things were kind of written hastily, but um, which is unfortunate. But it, mm. it's I'm telling my future self not to do that anymore. Don't, <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't do, do that. Anyway, don't do it. But um, some some feel more honest than others, I mm. guess. Mm. Um, the, I, I think that the third track. I wrote the quickest and mm. sometimes those generally are bear the best fruit, you know, the ones that just kind of come out in mm. big moments of inspiration. Um, Could you tell me anything so, about no God in the sky? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like that one as I, well. <laughs> um, I, I kept that one as a kind of an ambiguous, like, um, um, uh, and edit this COVID brain part out too, please. <laughs> I, uh, um, this musician in, stumbling sentence. around. God, Doesn't know words aren't my first yeah. language. <laughs> uh, I left it as an incomplete sentence because I don't no really, really yeah, care for people that I, I may, they can interpret it how they want. Yeah. But um, the, a couple of ways that I read that sentence is there is no God in the sky or no God in the sky, whatever, or something like that mm. you know what i mean mm. so it's either declarative or it's saying like you know no god in the sky would ever ah. you know, bring covid down to yeah. planet earth yeah. Like, yeah. that would yeah. that would never happen you know um but i think that one was kind of um coming coming to terms with my own spirituality yeah yeah um and so it's it's actually funny talking to you two about this because Marissa was like the person that I came out to as an atheist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was the first. So yeah. She was That's the awesome. first person I told. I, I that was a really, which is a weird memory that I'm just now happening. Yeah, Marissa. But, um, it, Marissa brings out a, des- a desire to be honest. You know, she yeah. just provides that that warm, open posture. You know, yeah. like, I feel like I could tell you some things. <laughs> it was very. I mean, that was. I mean, at the time, it was a big moment for me. Yeah. Um, so actually, yeah, that's another, you know, record of memories, you know, that was, maybe that was what I was thinking of. Hmm. I do like that though. Uh, just even, even the, even the idea that you invoke COVID cause my, my ver- vision of God, I don't even like that sentence. My vision, um, I guess. Uh, a vision. A vision of God. Yeah. I keep trying to talk to Avery, my daughter of like this idea of like, uh, you're you're picturing like a human in the sky with with all this power who's just choosing not to use that or utilize that power and that's why we get so upset about like a god that would allow covid and i'm like i always try to in a 
gentle way try to say, Avery, just so you know, I don't picture God that way. A, a, a man in the sky floating around making decisions about how the world goes, but uh, right. it's it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> it's hard because I don't feel earth, like I've this ever... Very dirt. Yeah, yeah. Dang, it's tough. God. It's tough. No God in the sky. That's funny. This full circle is that <laughs> I, I kind of came... like I When I was feeling very... I was like, I don't believe in God. I told Scott, and he played Dave Bazan for me. Yeah, so I was like, oh, in, let me introduce you to this guy. <laughs> this guy also doesn't believe in God. I don't know. I, I mean, if, if, yeah, if we're going to get into God conversation, let's not. I mean, but we could for sure. <laughs> I, I always just say that because I ultimately believe I don't want to. I always just like I don't want to overwhelm people. I feel like people you're you're really you're really getting into like some. Uh, um very sensitive things for people when you bring up God, but like, it's true. I always say the God beyond God, like uh, uh, for me personally, us, uh, uh, God needed to die. That's the Paul Tillich thing of like, uh, your, your childhood understanding of God needs to die. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. I was like, I was like, let, let Dave Bazan finish this work. I know. I know <laughs> it was helpful. God. And then God died. It, that was necessary. We're not, not finish the work, but yeah. just be a, you know, be, be a, a part, be a moment in the cup. Well, be a moment in the, in the story. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. You know, I mean, I think we all like to think that this like has some kind of ending, and I think it just doesn't. No. Nope. You know, well said. N- any kind of resolution or revelation is just where you know you think you've nailed it, and then you don't. You know, it's like. Well, I had a revelation at thirty, and then I. Uh, uh, that's it. I don't. <laughs> I haven't needed to learn anything more since. Then. You haven't been past thirty-year-old Scott. <laughs> yeah. yeah Still cool, man. <laughs> I do think that is sort of the really tragic part of the way we tell traditional like testimonies in a church context is the whole setup is I was this way and now I'm not and I'm fixed and I'm better. I've had this moment and now this is it. I'm fixed. What a, what a, what a actually like harmful, tragically harmful way to think about life. Once was lost and now I'm found. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. You're going to get lost again. You're going to get lost again. I'm going to get lost again before the day is out right now. I'll be lost in an hour. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have to to be found again. Somebody find me. Hello. Help. Help. (laughs) The constant state of needing to be found. Um, Yeah. I mean, what would you want to say about this album, Greg? (laughs) Like, I I mean, uh, I mean, we, we had the, we had the theme, we had the, we had the title. We have an approach to the writing and the music. Mm-hmm. Like, what? How, what could you say about it as a as a whole work? Like, what's something that you? I don't know. I don't know exactly how to phrase that question, but I think you understand it, what I'm saying. What's? Are, are you talking about like intention or? Yeah. Like, sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess what I'm trying to ask is. Like what I, I know you wouldn't I know you wouldn't dictate or request that anybody get one particular thing out of a of something you've created, but like what 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 for you I guess is a takeaway if you listen to this thing from beginning to end instead of just one song, it's like it does seem like that it is an intentionally packaged work mm-hmm. of, of a of a specific series of songs. Yeah, I mean it's just like a moment in time, you yeah. know what I mean? Like this is where, this is where I was from this year to that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, felt proud enough to like record that somehow, you know, and also like the desire to like put something out into the world to, to 
you know, to like, I think the desire is to share that with people, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, but the, for, for no reason, there's no inexplicable, it's an inexplicable thing to just like put out work and yeah. put out art. It's like, why do we do that? You know, what is the You have reason? to do it though. You yeah. Have to do but there's it. no, yeah, there's no kind of what, why can't there's, yeah, exactly. Money. No. I, you know, oh yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> this is, I'm having a thought because so I mentioned this to you, Greg, but I just started a program where I'm doing grad school for counseling psychology, and so like I'm diving deep into just different like psychological pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that we've been talking about this idea is like witnessing and like bearing witness, and what the role of a therapist is to simply just bear witness. But it does feel like this music or these art pieces are also other ways of like bearing witness. It's like you mentioned it earlier, like words aren't your first language. And it's like in this music, it feels like a lot is being said despite there not being words. And it's interesting because I feel like I, as a musical listener, I tend to gravitate towards lyrics. Like when I'm listening to music, I jump right away to figure out what the lyrics are and I can get enveloped in the poetry of the lyrics and stuff. Hmm. But I feel like your music, it being wordless, it is bearing witness to something like Hmm. a lot is being felt through each of those songs. And I feel like each I mean, especially as you talk about it and thinking through it, like nostalgically, it does feel like it's what needed to be written to capture this time and this feeling and this space. And there it is. Its job is simply to bear witness to that almost. Wow. Wow. That kind of rocked my world just now. <laughs> these are, these are my good. thoughts. <laughs> wait, a, wait, a, wait, nailed it. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm personally feeling very inspired by your, like the music itself. So I'm, I guess I'm just, oh, I'm bearing so witness to that. I like what you're saying just about putting, putting some of these pieces together too, of like bearing witness to your dream. And then the day Bazan thing of like, uh, you know, he's saying he's 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 almost bearing witness to his own ten-year-old self. There's something about bearing witness to your own emotional experience. Yeah, and it does seem like music gets at that in a really unique way. I don't know what it's like. I've never thought about writing an instrumental piece. Like if I ever thought about writing music someday, it would I would almost start with the lyrics. And so it's interesting that you have sort of learned this unique language of jazz and music and guitar, and you're going to use that to express emotions and that's something i don't think i'll ever truly experience on the level you do well i think maybe as a maybe as for listeners who do gravitate towards lyrics i mean the base the baseline level of enjoyment is like do i like the way that this sounds right you know um and i that was a lesson that i learned from like john cage who there's a story of him going he was really into uh foraging for mushrooms Hmm. so he would go out with a friend of a friend went with him one time and um they stayed at this cabin and they you know stayed overnight and they were going to get up really early to go forage for mushrooms and um the next morning he asked john how'd you sleep and he said oh i didn't i didn't sleep at all i just listened to the wind whispering through the door and it kept me up all yeah he was just like enamored with this sound of just like Mm. this wind coming through the door and um i do remember one thing we talked about on whatever uh uh, podcast episode of trying to like reimagine what a melody is you know Mm. Mm -hmm. and just thinking of you know re um 
just the sound being a melody. You know what I mean? Right. And I think if you can kind of redefine that for yourself, almost anything could be beautiful. (sighs) Man. Yeah. I mean, I always have to, we always have to have a little self-discipline because my brain goes so many places when we hear that. (laughs) Uh, I I will say just for the sake of fun, uh, for this, what else are we doing? I guess (laughs) for the sake of fun. (laughs) This is also for the sake of fun, but, uh, the first radio lab episode I ever listened to, they were talking about this thing about melody and I don't know if we shared this on the last one, but, um, I don't think we did, but, um, uh, it was this woman who had, who had studied recordings and loops and stuff like this. And she had accidentally left, uh, she, she was, she was recording some of her findings in a tape recorder and it said, um, some things don't seem that easy. Some, and she said it in this sort of way like this, some things don't seem that easy. And then it, and it started, and she actually left it playing on loop accidentally. And then the more she heard it on loop, it turned into a melody. It's like, some things don't sound that easy. Some things yeah. don't sound that easy. And she was like singing along with her own thing. It was like, that was not meant to be a song. And now it sounds like a song. At yeah. that point, I was like, like, it was like 10 years ago. I was like blown away by that episode, but. <laughs> Mind blown. Um, okay. Should we ask people, Greg, I wonder if, where people can find your album. Oh yeah! Like it's now. I feel like now is a good time to like plug. We've talked about it. Hopefully, we've inserted clips. Uh, do I have music. your permission to put your clips for the music in here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, put whatever you want. Okay. There. Cool. Yeah. Um, you can find the record at Bandcamp. It's only going to be on Bandcamp. Okay. Um, and I also would encourage readers or uh, readers, yeah, listeners <laughs> to. Readers. Um, uh, read the recent LA Times article on Bandcamp versus Spotify. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, there's been a lot of conversation with musicians who during this time are just not making royalties. You know what I mean? Mm. Right. Um, so much, so much of music, um, streaming is on a web on, is it through an app that, um, doesn't pay musicians fairly. And, uh, Bandcamp is kind of the, um, it's as direct a uh, connection as you can get from an, an artist to a listener. Um, you know, and you do have to, you do have to pay for the music too, which is right and good. If you, right. Well, I mean, if you want to quote unquote own it, you know, yeah, yeah you should yeah, pay for it. But um, yeah, it's, you, you know, we're, we live in a weird time where like everybody thinks that everything should be free or $10 a month. Right. Yeah. And um, yeah. that kind of, behavior has consequences on people like me, you know? (laughs) So, um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I would encourage listeners to check out that article. Well, we should post a link to that too. You said LA times. I believe it was the LA Times. Yeah, right. I'm writing this down yeah. for us to look, and we'll post it in our. We'll put it in our show notes too for this episode because we do. Amazing. We have a very strange relationship yeah. with all this stuff as a society because it's like, I mean, I was just thinking Mace going to school. It's like all the money that we have to spend for school, and it's like, well, doesn't society benefit from Macy going to school? Like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. Somebody's willing mm-hmm. to put in that much work to be a therapist and to benefit society. Yeah, you know, and then. I mean, it's really weird. Like, if you're like, oh, I, um, can I can I spend um, uh, uh, can, can I spend twenty thousand dollars a year to build a house? And it's like, no, no, you're gonna pay me to build the house. That's work, you know. And it's like, why do you have to pay for this education? But music too. It's like all the things we're sort of lamenting in this whole episode about playlist making and the lack of like analog. Like, 
playlists become this weird. Even the way we just listen to music and consume it is just so weird. You know, yeah. it's like shorter attention spans. Mm-hmm. I was I just watched this movie, this documentary that I recommend to people, but it's depressing, and it's called The Social <laughs> Dilemma. Oh, it's no. on Netflix. It's depressing. Yeah, <laughs> I recommend it. It's depressing. But it, it's just it's just all essentially the creators of all the platforms we use talking about how they intentionally built it to manipulate and mess with our brains. And they don't let their kids use their platforms. And uh, they were just saying, one guy said, um, all these platforms, especially Facebook, have been set up to make getting real news feel like an uphill battle. Like you have to, you have to work harder if you want to find real news, but it's a very easy, easy thing to do to find fake news. Hmm. And right. so, so similar with this music stuff, it's like, you know, we're getting, it, it's gotten even shorter. Cause we're, I'm just sounding like an old man now, like on my get off my lawn vibe, but like, uh, you know, TikTok has even made it shorter. You're going to get these 20 second clips and yeah, yeah, you need the I'll play a song button. and Avery goes, oh, that's a TikTok song. I'm like, no, that is John Coltrane. You know, it's like... <laughs> 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 Kamazi Washington. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> which, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll end on this, um, which can also be art forms in and of itself, too. True. You know, it's like one of the most powerful forms of poetry was a haiku. Yeah. Yeah. Or is a haiku. You know, it's not maybe not about longevity, but just about depth. And um, in, I think that TikTok or anything has like the potential to move someone in a very particular way. But how we, but totally how, we true. Cons- how we consume this has it's more just our relationship to um, how we obtain things and what ownership is and what that means. And- I love talking to you, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fun. <laughs> This yeah. is good. Uh, I feel so much of what you just said. Well, what song should we end the this episode with? We should end it with one of Greg's songs. No, I know, but which one? Tragedy? Because we've talked about it so much? I don't know. Okay, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, we're, we'll play us out with a Greg Enzo song. We don't know quite. We don't know what that song will be yet. But thanks for listening, everybody. Do you have any, do you have any hey. final words, Greg, or is that good? Uh, no, I just really appreciate you guys taking the time to do this and oh it is always really fun talking to you guys i know so so much time all right thanks for listening everybody we don't know what our episode's gonna be next week i think that's how we've been ending most of our episodes now (laughs) (laughs) we don't know what next week is for for a while we had a rhythm of like having at least five episodes planned out in advance uh we're living a different type of life now Hey man, I really enjoyed the chips one, you know. <laughs> so good. What do you think? Like, what's your quick hot take on Cheetos? Are they a chip or not? It's okay. Hey, it's a puff, man. Yes, thank you. It's <laughs> thank, a puff. you thank you. It's a puff. <laughs> All right, that's a good that's a good way to end this episode. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>